All right, we're back. This is the first episode, but it's take two. We tried this last night, and it was a great conversation, but the sound quality sucked. Um, and I'm going to blame it on me because I changed a few settings right before we went live, and it and things went to hell. But we're going to start over, and it's going to be better than last night. And um, I want to introduce you to Megan Hayes-Reed. She is my friend. We've been friends for about six years now, and we'll kind of get into that. Um, and uh, she's just done a whole lot of very creative stuff and very impressive stuff. And we're going to have a conversation, and we're going to talk about, you know, kind of the beginning, the middle, and the end, and how she got to where she is now, where she wants to go, and um, kind of the, the gist of all of these interviews is going to be what makes and Megan is what I call a very interesting person or VIP. And um, she's going to she's going to tell you about her and her journey. So welcome, Megan. Hi. Let's tell why don't you tell people about yourself? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be on two guys talking. And I guess I'm one of the guys. So thank you for allowing me to be here. <laughs> Um, yeah, my name is Megan and, um, I am a mother of three. I'm a wife. We, like you said, um, I'm not sure if you said, but we own a motel. I'm a digital creator, a TikToker, an amateur chef, a homeschool mom, um, quite a few things. And all of those things really kind of happened within the last few years, right? <clears throat> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, we did kind of jump off of a um, life treadmill, and uh, we have, there's been a lot of change within the last two years, so it's been an adventure. Yeah, so um, like I said, we met about six years ago, and we'll get into kind of your upbringing and, and childhood and stuff like yeah. that, if, if you want to sit on the couch, so to speak. I um, do, yeah, I'm going to need a couple more hours, I think. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we actually met kind of in a weird way, but that isn't that how all people meet, right? I think so. Um, I actually met your husband, Paul, before I met you, and it was on the playground at our kids' school. All, all of our kids went to the same school. Well, a couple of my kids went to the same school as yours, and um, it was during uh, one of our snows, mm -hmm. and... Um, your screen is frozen now. I'm here. I'm worried about that. Can you hear me? I hope you just disappeared. I can hear you. Okay. It will come back. Yours keeps going But I can't see you. Can you see me? I can me? see you just fine. Okay. Um, well, I'll, I'll keep talking and hopefully you come back. If not, we'll, we'll start over. Okay. This is not foreign to us. I wonder if I should record on my <laughs> side too. Can I do that? Uh, yeah. How do I do that? It says your internet needs to improve. It's, it's, we, we, we were actually, we were joking about, um, her lighting situation cause it's a little dark and, <laughs> and we were saying it was because, you know, the, the grid of that, that supplies electricity to 500 people is, is really stressed right now. It's over. Um, yes. <laughs> Those few people that yeah, are yeah. Easy might be using it right now too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, you're not coming back. Um, dang it. Let's see. 
So the way this is supposed to work is, is it's supposed to be recording on your end as well as on my end. And then at the end, both of them get uploaded into the cloud and then I do whatever I'm supposed to do. Oh, okay. Well, if it's recording on my end, I'm able to see you this whole time pretty much. Yeah, so we'll see how this goes. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we, I, I met Paul and, and a couple of his kids. Maybe it was just one. I don't remember. Um, and time went by. I never really actually saw Paul's face, nor did he see mine. I just, I recognized him later on by his voice because, you know, we kind of had, hey, there you are. We had a, you know, ski mask on or whatever, because yeah. it was cold. Um, but then uh, then time went by and you met my wife through my youngest kid, through a kind of a funny exchange that we're not going to go through here. Yeah. Um, and then somehow you and I met and it just kind of fell together. But that's that's kind of how we met. Right. Um, and then. Uh, I think that the next thing that I really remember you doing, like in a, in a big way was, you know, COVID happened right? and mm -hmm. everybody had to wear masks. So tell us about your mask story. Yes. Um, so, you know, we lived in this pretty great community that really supports each other. And, um, I started making masks during the pandemic and I know that everybody's got their opinion on masks and we could go, you know, that way and talk about that, but I don't want to go there. Instead, I'd like to talk about that. Nobody really wanted to wear a mask. Like it wasn't an ideal situation for anybody. And so why not take something that was going to be a negative and, um, you know, make it a positive. I was able to make really cute masks that had a really unique design. So you could cinch them up, you could wear around your neck. Um, I ended up selling quite a few of them on Etsy and to my neighbors and friends. And um, it was really successful. And I was able to donate a lot of masks and um, money too. So it was, it was, um, it was a really, yeah. yeah. It was, it, it was, it was pretty neat because you, you made lots of varieties of masks, different fabrics. And this is before, I mean, no, no, this is before, you know, K94 and N95 masks. We couldn't find them, at least up here. And I, I know there was like a nationwide shortage. Nobody could find masks that were like effective right. or at least super effective. So we did what we had to do and we had to wear masks. It was kind of the rule. And it was kind of smart to wear masks in the beginning because we didn't know how the damn thing spread. So um, it made sense. And she supplied, I mean, we had a, a whole, I mean, I've got a big family. We had a whole lot of masks yeah. from Megan. So it was nice and it was neat. And I was impressed because um, it, it felt like you did this with a production <laughs> How many people were on your team? Actually, I eventually ended up hiring my friend Kristen to help me cut some fabric. But um, other than that, it was pretty much just me. And, you know, I remember like when everything first started and I remember the first time I braved the grocery store and I went out there and I saw what people were wearing. And I was like, I mean, it was everything from a shirt tied around to like makeshift fabric things to, you know, a paper towel. I, I mean, it was absurd what we, what we saw out there. And so, you know, sometimes ideas just come to you from in, you know, the weirdest places. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yours were very nice, neat, fun, creative. And um, they, they they were much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. You went from that. 
So you're you're making all these masks, giving all these masks away, and then um, next thing I knew, you decided to move. Right, <laughs> and it was <laughs> and it was kind so, of like mid COVID or like the end of COVID, um, or or is there an end of COVID? I mean, it was the end of like when we were starting to, um, you know not be quarantined in Washington state anymore. Um, and so we were kind of lifting out of that. And, um, you know, we kind of realized that we didn't want to go back to life as it was before. Um, and, you know, we, we always wanted a change of some kind. I'm kind of a restless free spirit and my husband is kind of along for the ride. Um, <laughs> But he, um, we, we both wanted to do something together and, um, and, you know, be able to create something and kind of be our own boss and, and, um, do things our own way. And, um, so we decided to move to Wyoming, um, and buy a motel in the middle of nowhere, uh, in a town of 500 people. And we have had amazing success. So... <laughs> yeah. So you have this roadside motel that was probably kind of run down. Right. And and you you put your own personal touches on it and you fixed it up and we've been there and we spent yep. a week there and it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. It was a great place. There was nothing I could complain about as far as like the amenities or the situation, the beds were great and the water worked and the toilets ran, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Thank you. So it, it's, it's a well-run machine. Yeah. Um, and, and surprisingly, you know, I, I have four kids and they were all kind of dreading. They were dreading the drive. <laughs> they were also dreading being there because it's like, Hey dad, what are What's we going to do when we get there? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. But I was an only child and I grew up in the country, so I, I don't have these problems. I like can occupy myself with, you know. Right. You make your own fun. And I feel like the kids did that. When the you, were you know, they, they, yeah, they did they had a lot of fall fun. into it and they just kind of run wild. And maybe they made some not the greatest choices, but, you know, they live and learn, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and. You, you guys, you guys have like, kind of like groupies or a following now, right? As far as like, you have different seasons and I don't mean just the actual weather seasons, but you have like the ski season and you have, we do. Yeah. You probably, we, so tell us about that. We what, have, like, um, what are the different we, things? So I was really surprised. I thought that the only time we were going to really be busy was the summer and we are busy in the summer and we are full and we're full tonight. Um, but, uh, we get a lot of people on their way to Yellowstone, just traveling the country. And then, um, in the winter, we have a ski resort that's about seven miles away, which is called Pine Creek. It's a really nice little mom and pop ski resort with one run or one lift and eight runs. Um, and it's, it's a really great place to go and ski with no lines. And then in the fall we have uh, hunting. So the, our, our flow time is really spring, but uh, the rest of the year is pretty, pretty booked up. So you mentioned Cokeville is a, is a town of about 500. It is. is it, is it actually over 500? I think it's 502. 
So you guys put it I over the top. I think we did. Yeah, yeah. And um, so so how, how many how many um, WalMarts and Costco's and malls do you have within twenty miles? Oh, you're funny. Um, so I drive <laughs> <laughs> I drive about thirty miles to the nearest grocery store. It's small. If I want to go to anything bigger than that, to like a Walmart, that's about 45 minutes to an hour in Evanston, which is in Wyoming. The grocery store is in Idaho. Um, I go through Utah to get back to Wyoming um, to get to the Walmart. Uh, but yeah, it's worth it to shop in Wyoming. And you do that. How, taxes, so. how, how, how often do you make that run? I do it probably once a week at least to the bigger store and then sometimes I also go to the smaller grocery store as well. So a couple two or three times a week I'm out of here um or you know and then other things as well. But yeah. So besides running your business right. which I know takes a lot of effort um and running to the store a few times a week. Mm -hmm. What else do you have to do there in Cokeville? So there's not a lot to do here in Cokeville. We have one restaurant that's across the street. Um, it's a small town. There is like a post office, a gas station, us and a restaurant. And that's pretty much it. So um, I've had to kind of create a lot of my own stuff, my own fun, my own activities, my own, you know, experiences for the kids. And, you know, it's been, it's been great. It's been good for us though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll get to kind of what took up a lot of your time and maybe still does take up a lot of your time, but let's, let's talk about the kids situation. Let's talk about, you know, kind of, you made the move. Your, your husband was in a certain pr profession that lends itself pretty well to what you're doing now with the kids with respect to school. So talk a little bit about that. Right. So my husband used to be a vice principal at a middle school when he left um, administration and education. And so we um, he does have that background. And then I started homeschooling the kids during COVID. And, um, you know... The kids didn't go back to full-time school for quite a while in Washington. And for me, it was just easier to do it myself um, and not really have to report to anyone and be able to teach the curriculum I wanted to teach to my kids. And um, I saw some gaps and, and some things. And so I uh, just decided to continue with it. And then when we moved out here, it was a really small district and, and, you know, one thing led to another and we decided to continue homeschooling. So we've been doing that, um, for the past, oh gosh, since 21, since 20, no, gosh, since 2019, right? Or 2020? Well, 2020 is when COVID really yeah. hit. Yeah. Yeah. 2020. Yep. Um, okay. So you, you kind of got into like, you can't go out to eat all the time. And you, you pretty much had to make your own meals and figure things out. And you didn't want to, you know, like my wife, she goes to the store almost every day. Right. And it drives me crazy. Um, but, you know, you have to buy enough so that you can, like, 
pulled out a week. And I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but it is a big deal when you live very close to a store and, 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 you know, you kind of rely on that. So you started doing what to occupy your time and and actually to feed your family? Yeah. (laughs) So like I said, it's 30 miles to the grocery store. There's one tiny little restaurant and that's it. So um, my lifestyle of DoorDash and takeout completely changed. And um, (laughs) I had to start learning how to, not learning how to, because I always really liked to cook, but really learning how to do it in a way that was practical and a way that was sustainable for my family and um, all day, every day. So, um, I mean, they don't stop eating. I have three kids. I have a husband. We have a friend that lives with us. We have people that hang out here. My, you know, my dad was just here. So I am often cooking for a lot of people. Um, So I just um, created a TikTok and true like attention seeking fashion. I don't really have a lot of friends here. So um, I was looking for a little bit of community too, probably. And um, one day, one of my TikToks uh, got like 14,000 views I woke up to. And I was like, what? (laughs) And so um, I was like, well, maybe if these people want to see this, like maybe they want to see me cook. And so um, I, ever since then, it's been just cooking videos, cooking videos. They've gone, I've had some go viral. My biggest, my um, largest viewed or whatever uh, is 8 million, 8.4 million views. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And what, what, what was the 14,000 view video about and what was the eight? So the four and and how much time was there between the two? Yeah, so it started in like March. It was my first video that went kind of viral, and that was a video of me making my own laundry detergent. And so And that was March of what year? That was March of twenty two. Yeah, twenty two. Okay. And so yeah. So you're making laundry detergent. detergent. And, and, And I'm not expecting anybody but my friends to see this. (laughs) <laughs> 14,000 people saw it. <laughs> and, and, and did you, were they all like, oh, this is the best thing ever? I mean, not necessarily. I mean, it was kind of like one of the more like ones that I did get some comments on. Apparently, you know, homemade laundry detergent can ruin your washing machine. I've never had that problem. I think it's fine, but you'll probably get somebody commenting on here that wants to say something about, yes, it does. It's going to ruin it. Um, because people want to comment. So, um, comment away. I don't think it's, I'm going to be controversial and say that I think it's fine, but you know, we all have our opinions. <laughs> and then the no. 8 million so, views was um, some cinnamon rolls. And um, and now out of that video, I have um, gotten a partnership with Pillsbury. So I'm really excited. Wow. That. Wow. That's incredible. Um, and, and, and there, but wait, there's more, right. as they say on TV. Right. Um, you recently were on TV. Yes. And how did that happen? So my little TikTok that, you know, had a couple of viral videos, I've gained about 134,000 followers. And um, one of those followers happened to be um, somebody from MasterChef. 
So uh, they reached out to me and they, <laughs> I know, right? I thought it was fake. You know, I, they sent me an email and I, they were like, the producer from MasterChef, um, you know, we're interested in, uh, I hope you get this. Um, we're interested in casting you, um, blah, blah, blah. I said, call me. And they did. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm still in shock. And, and, and I've been on the show and I'm still in shock that the producer actually called me. <laughs> yeah. It, it, in, in the middle of all of this, you and I are talking, we're chatting back and forth on Facebook and I'm telling you to tell them to go piss right? off and, you know, you know, Drive a hard bargain. <laughs> you know what? I did. Because I didn't want to go. And not that. My, and I haven't talked about this in another interview, but I'll talk to you about it because we're friends. But honestly, like, I had a lot of second thoughts about going. Like, when they tell you that you have to go, they tell you, you know, um, you could be gone from anywhere from two weeks to three months. And I have three kids and a husband and a business and a life and it wasn't just something. It's like being on a murder yeah, trial. Yeah. It, could last a long it wasn't time. something I yeah. was just like comfortable stepping away from for that long for an unknown amount of time. And so originally I did say no. Um, and then they convinced me to give it a try. So they came back. I came back. They came back. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I remember you saying, I'm not going. Yeah. And I told them, I said, and the yeah. next thing I knew, you went. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. I sent the email. I told them no, and then they called me back, and I ended up they they convinced me. So, um, and I'm glad, and I'm glad that they did because I had a really, really great experience. I met some of the most amazing chefs. Um, I got amazing publicity for my motel, which you can see on um, season thirteen, episode three. So that's this season that is just currently airing in um, episode three. You can see a little bit of the story about the motel. So I would love it if you guys would watch it. Awesome. Yeah. We will. We will. Well, we have, Thank but you. everybody else should too, because it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right. So let's, let's kind of rewind a little bit yeah. um, and, and, and talk about kind of like, you know, we don't have to go back to your birth or anything. <laughs> what, where did you grow up? Small town, big town, childhood. What'd you like to do? Yeah, so I grew up in um, Kent, Washington, which is not too far from Bonnie Lake where you live. And um, it just happens to be like the eighth most diverse city in the nation. So I had a really great wow. experience in school with diversity and, you know, just like resources and, and you know, culture and experiences and um, I was really lucky to grow up in Kent, and it kind of still feels like home to me. Wow, I had no idea that Kent was that diverse because what is it like twenty minutes away or something? It's pretty. It's pretty close to here, right. and, and we're not that. Diverse. No, neither are we. <laughs> we we, we we moved we moved here from the Bay Area in California, and we were like, whoa. Mm -hmm. How was your feeling moving from Kent to here to Cokeville? Right. I mean, I'm. I guess it was good to have kind of that stepping stone between because if I went to from Kent to Cokeville, <laughs> I probably would have been on the first train out of here. Um, but you know, yeah. I guess 
I guess it was good for me um, in a lot of ways. And, and again, this isn't something I've talked about in other interviews, but I feel like we're friends. So I don't feel like anyone else is watching this. So, <laughs> but I, <laughs> but I feel like, they are. <laughs> well, they might be, um, but uh, you know, like I kind of had like, very rigid views before, or I had like very opinionated views, um, you know, growing up how I did and where I did. And um, I almost, it's almost more humanizing to be out here and to like see that other people are just like living their lives differently than I choose to live mine. And, you know, maybe that's not the most terrible thing in the world. And, you know, like, cause before it was so separate, like everybody's so separate. And so, you know, and we're so divided and everybody talks about that. So I'm not going to go there, but, um, but it was good for me to really experience this. And it was culture shock for me at first, but I'm glad that I've had this experience. I think it's been really good for me um, as a person. Yeah, good, good. Yeah. Um, so tell me about your favorite subject, subject in school. Yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of an art nerd in school. I was... No Shocking, right? I mean, I was into um, <laughs> photography and ceramics and painting, and I was an art model, and I um, was did yearbook and all the things, and and so um, it was really great for me, and I'm glad that they had all of those things, and and I hope that they continue to offer those things in school, because you know it was it was somewhere for like a little nerdy shy artist girl to be seen, you know, somewhere. And, um, you know, that was, yeah. it was good for me. Yeah, cool. Um, after high school, did you go to college or did you go right to the workforce or how did you become a mom right away? How, yeah. So I, um, went to college, like everybody says you're supposed to do immediately. And, um, it didn't work out shockingly because I had no idea what I wanted to do. And so I, yeah. um, did that for a while and then I ended up going to work. Um, and I've been really lucky with jobs. And like I told you before, I have this uncanny ability of, um, getting people to hire me for jobs that I'm not really, maybe not that qualified for. Um, and so <laughs> I've had some jobs that, um, you know, I've had all kinds of experiences and, um, you know, maybe some that should have been entrusted to someone else with a little better clerical skills than me, but you know, <laughs> yeah. And then, so college well, didn't work out, out. and what did you work, do after that? Then I went you back to an office school. job. Then or? I went back to school and I went, I decided I wanted to be a court reporter, which was a disaster of a decision because like, that is not me. It's not my personality. I have no idea why I wanted to do that. It was just a, just a money decision. Um, and so, you know what you should have done? You should have been one of those court drawer people with the cartoons. I've done that. There's not too late. Oh. It's not too late, Bill. I'm only 42. <laughs> it's not too no. late. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, um, yeah, um, I might put that on my list. And then I went and then I dropped out of school again and went back to work. And then um, I ended up, um, you know, meeting Paul and having kids. And we decided that one of us should stay home with them. Um, and, you know, it happened to be me. And uh, so we decided to, uh, you know, buy a house and have all the kids and a dog and all the things. <laughs> Yep. Yep. All right. Okay. So you're where you are now yeah. and I bet, yeah. I bet you're probably not like a hundred percent satisfied and you're looking for other things to do. So tell us where you see things going. Right. So I am probably going to be looking at some more properties. We just checked out a place in North Carolina. We've looked at a place in Hawaii. We're, um, next week looking at a place in Northern California, which I really have my hopes set on that one. So I hope that that one works out. It seems like a great house, a great opportunity for our kids, a great little town. It's an old gold rush community. So I'm really excited. It needs just the right amount of work, which suited this place. And it's all the things that we did here to make this place uh, really successful. And I think that we can do it again. So I'm hoping that somebody's gonna have faith in us. Um, to invest in the, our next adventure. Yeah. Cool. cool. Um, yeah. All right, let's see. You wanted to talk about, I think, um, some things that we didn't cover yesterday. What did we not talk about? You had. Oh, yeah. Um, so we were talking about. To talk about so some. you were talking about like there being a middle or a, a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? Did we go over that? And did we talk about the beginning, the middle, and the end? Well, we kind yeah. of have. So yeah. we hit all those points, but like you, like that's your thing. Like you're like, there's always a, you know, a, a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? Like that's what you say. Right. But I think it's more than that. I feel right. like it's like the hero's journey and there's like the call to adventure. And then there's all the things and it happens in this cycle and it's happening in your life and it's happening in all the things that we're doing. So there's like a big wheel and then there's like smaller wheels and the hero's journey is just continually going. So it's important to, I think, look at where we are if we know what to look for so that we know where we're going. And then it feels easier to jump into things that are unknown because it's just, it's just a cycle, you know? Does that make sense? Or is that a little woo-woo for you? Yeah. Well, I, I tease you about the woo-woo woo -woo stuff, but I actually believe a lot in that stuff. I just don't say it out loud. That's good. Um, I That's also good. I also am a little bit superstitious, and I don't usually admit to that. Can either. we do a whole podcast um, about But I figure, I figure if it can't, if it, if it won't hurt me, and it's like put me on a lucky streak, I'm going to yeah. keep doing it. I'm just not going to tell anybody about it. That might, that might be bad luck. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Like a jinx. Right. Um, but yeah, so let me, let me explain the beginning, middle and end. And it, it has a lot to do with, you, you don't really have much control over your beginning. Right. right? I mean, you're born and you have no like function. Like I, can't walk, you can't talk, 
And then you grow and you develop and with the help of others, your parents and friends and family. And so, so, so there's this big middle. It's like, so the beginning's like this much and the middle's like, it's kind of like the middle class in in America. Very, very big. And there's a big difference between the people over here in the middle and the people over here in the middle. Right. right? Um, So that middle has a lot of leeway. Um, You know, I, it's hard for me to talk about people who, you know, I, I think in a perfect world and maybe not, not even in a perfect world, but in a perfect world, people have the opportunity to do whatever they want. I know that people, most, many people don't have all of the opportunities. I get that. But I, I said in a perfect world, we have opportunities to kind of forge ahead and make our own path. Right. Um, I look back at my mom and I go, she, could she have made different choices? Yes. But I think for the period in time, which is kind of the middle, you're always in the middle, right? Because, because what are, what's already passed has gone by and you don't know what the future looks like. Right. So you're always, you're always kind of in the middle where you are today. Right. So in that moment in time, she made the best choice that she could make for her, given all of the circumstances that, that were surrounding right. her. And there's, but there's it still so made her things. life. There's so many layers to the middle that we don't know where she was at in yeah. her middle. Like she could have been like at her, like there's the call to adventure and then there's the refusal to the call. And then like, there's the meeting of the mentor. And I mean, you know, probably know all of them back from school, but like, you know, you never know where somebody is in their middle journey and we're all at a different place right. and it's, yeah, I'm sure she did. Right. So, so I think it's important to look at people like you and go, wow, look at what she's done. She's been able to be creative and kind of forge her own path and kind of win against the grain and did her own thing, but also to look at, to look at that as inspiration, right? It's inspiring, but it's also, it also gives you, you know, people do have limiting beliefs and they forget about all of the opportunities out there. Like, for example, if you say, you talk about all the jobs you were qualified for. Well, let me ask you this. Were you qualified to be a mother? Right. Absolutely not. The answer's got to be no, because nobody yeah. is. It's the hardest yeah. damn job on the planet. Nobody's like, you're not groomed There's for no it. There's no manual. Nobody. You know, when I became a dad, it's like, what? What the hell am I supposed to do? I, I mean, it's just kind of a, you, you throw yourself into it or, or you're thrown into it and you just deal. Right. I always say right? poor Macy. That's my but, oldest, Macy. I always say poor Macy. Like we had no idea what we were doing and we still don't. And you are our <laughs> experimental child. You know, like we try out everything yeah. on you. We don't know any better. We're trying our best. <laughs> yep. 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 So, I mean, you could look at your kids as, as kind of like, you know, they're, they're kind of the embodiment of your beginning, middle and end. Right. right? Like, they're going. They're going to go through similar things as you. Um, hopefully, you've ins- you've instilled in them the right values and the right kind of like. Um, it's 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 an ability to 
to fail mm-hmm. and to learn from those failures. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't like to, I don't like the word fail. It's, this is another thing. I don't, I don't think you fail unless you make a mistake. Something didn't turn out the way you wanted right. it to. And you do it over and over and over right. again. Kind of like somebody with an addiction, right? Yeah. You do the same thing over and over again and you expect a different result. And that's insane. Right. right? Um, but if you fail, like you don't accomplish the mission, hopefully you learn something from that. Right. And you persevere, try it again, and you do better. Absolutely. And and I am a big believer in that whole 1% thing, right? Every day, if you can improve yourself by 1%, by the end of the year, you're, I don't know, I can't do the math, but it's like 300% better. And, it's a big And deal. a lot of people just stop at those failures and they take those failures as, or, you know, learning experiences as, well, I'm not that, or I will never be that, or whatever it is. And, you know, the ability to embrace failure. And that's why I embrace the word failure. And I know that some people hate it so much that they don't even want to use that word. And they say, you should learn from it. And it's not really a failure, but, you know, it's like, if you just embrace it as like, it's fine. Like that's a part of life. It's part of the cycle. Like, you know, and then you can just jump. It's easier to jump back from it. And I think that that resilience and, and, um, you know, people ask me like, you know, what advice would I give? And, and it's that it's the ability to fail. I think that it's so important. Yeah. And and a lot of people subscribe to the idea of fail fast, right? right? You fail, right. you don't, you don't want to fail over 20 yeah. years because that's then sucks. you're making a life pattern. But if, yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. So fail fast, find out what you're good at, what you're not good at. And try a lot of things. Some people say, you know, right. Some people say play to your strength and don't, don't, don't spend a lot of time on your weaknesses. I'm not like that. I kind of like learning things that I don't know uh-huh. how to do. And then getting better at those, I'm kind of an 80, 20 guy. Like I'll get to 80% competency. And then I'm like, okay, I want to try something yeah. else now. <laughs> but, but you know, that's, yeah, yeah, I think that that's good. Yeah. So, and in the end is like, it's, you can plan for it. You know, the, the only people say, right. The only sure things in life are death and taxes. Well, I know a lot of people have never paid taxes, but all of them are going to yes. die. So it, and it's the, it's, it's the one outcome. I shouldn't say this because people who have like faith that they're going to go to heaven and, you know, experience that it's just a stepping stone. But for me personally, I feel like death is inevitable. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do about it. You can prolong it's coming, but it's it's the one thing that's sure in your life that you can't you can't really do anything about. So again, you just embrace it. Yeah. And you figure out that it's 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 going to happen. Mm-hmm. How do I prepare for that? How do I prepare my family for that? And you do the best you can. Yeah, I think so. And you know prepare your family to live too. Like, you know, we don't want to just like get on this treadmill and teach our kids to prepare for this future that they might never have. And, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm trying to teach my kids that, you know, we should 
live now and, you know, try and do what makes you happy now, because this is the time that we have right now, you know? And so, you know, it's, it's another way to look at it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think we've had a good conversation. Yes. Um, I want to talk about more. I apologize for part two or part three. (laughs) We could do that. We could do that. Um, and we will do that. Right. So, um, I, I appreciate you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for doing this a second time. Yeah, this is like take two, but yeah. you're used to this because you're Hollywood now. Right, I'm so. super Hollywood now. Right. <laughs> um, I think, did we talk about Schitt's Creek at all? Oh, we missed that. Yeah. So, okay. So let, let's talk about okay. that real quick. When Megan said, we're buying a motel. I was like, oh, okay. In Wyoming, I was like, all right. In a 500-person town called Cokeville, I thought, this sounds like a mixture of, because it's a motel, and it's out in the middle of nowhere, it sounds like a mixture of Green Acres and, um, what was the The Newhart one? Show? Damn it. Yeah, the Bob Newhart Show. Yeah. Um, where he, he he and his wife owned an inn and they had um, some handymen who were who were brothers, Larry, Daryl, and Daryl. And um, she said, what? It's, it's more like... It's Schitt's Creek. I mean, if you've seen Schitt's Creek, <laughs> it was literally Schitt's Creek. I mean, the only difference is, is that we have a house, but like when we first moved here... We came from, you know, to Halle and our nice 3,000 square foot house and, and, you know, and it was, it was new and we lived in this community with all these neighbors with kids, our kids age and everything. And we moved to this motel room in Hokeville because we're waiting for the thing to close and we're waiting for the house to remodel and we're getting carpet in and paint in. And I literally had moments where I thought I was going to be on the floor of the closet crying like Moira, but, <laughs> but, but I persevered and there was some tears. I will tell you there was tears, but yeah, we made it and we're better for it. I think we are, you know, I think that, you know, like we were talking about a bill beginning, middle and end. Like, I think that there's a such thing as a wilderness period for a lot of people and, and, and um, so I think sometimes you have to go through it. Yeah, I think there might be multiple ones, yeah. right? Like, I think yeah. there's a wilderness period when you're a young adult. Yes. And there's certainly a wilderness period when you're in your 20s, mm-hmm. and maybe 30s and 40s and 50s. Right? It's a cycle. Like we were talking about. Cycle. It is a cycle. Yeah, it is. And it's happening in all things. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um. So I do have here on my notes that, um, you know, and we're, we're nearing the end of the time here, but um, a question I want to ask every guest is, what do you want your legacy to be? I think you've alluded to it, and it may be hard to, like, say it in a sentence. Yeah. But, you know, how, how, how will people remember you is, is one way to ask the question. And another way to ask the question, and this is because I'm a, old TV Clint Eastwood kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, did you leave a mark? 
And was it good? Was it bad? Or was it ugly? <laughs> wow. These are good questions. I love it. Um, I have a friend who is like, you need to interview him. He's, um, he was on MasterChef too, and he was on Shark Tank and he kind of just is traveling the country. Oh, wow. He's in his early twenties and he, um, is just traveling the country so that he can have a story before he, you know, settles down into corporate America or whatever he decides to do, or even chooses a, That's town, a great idea, you know? And so he wants a story and he's just like living his best life. And he's, um, he's on Instagram and you guys should follow him at Kyle goes off. Um, but you should talk to him sometime. He's a very interesting person as well. But, um, so he carries this book okay. around and he has everybody write a piece of advice in there for him. And I don't mm. even remember what I wrote in there, but, um, this one will be recorded. So, um, what do I want my legacy to be? Um, I think I want people to like, look at my life and see that you can like receive joy and, um, <laughs> it makes me tear up. Um, no. that you can like be different and have like a different idea of what you want to do with your life and that that's okay. And, uh, um, why am I crying? <laughs> I, I am going to make it my point to make somebody cry on every, on every show. Most of the time it'll be me though. <laughs> But yeah, just to like have joy in your life and to like embrace it and just to, you know, it's okay to follow your own path and like, um, and to do what makes you happy and to do what makes your family and what's best for your family. Cause like sometimes what's best for your family isn't like what the books say or, you know, what your parents say, you know, maybe what's best for your family is something that is like completely different. And, you know, I encourage you to explore that and do that because this is the, really the only chance that we have. So, you know, do you want to answer the second one? Did about... I leave a mark? Have I left a mark What's on that? Cokeville? I hope I have. And I think it's all three of those things. And it depends who you ask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, on, a, on a subsequent show, we'll talk about the time that we were there. We spent a week yeah. there. And, 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 and your husband, I think was almost arrested. I think he was. And he did nothing wrong. Yeah. And Paul is the nicest guy. He's chill. He is chill. He loves everybody. Yeah. Yeah. He does. And it was yeah. the weirdest Last situation. Day, I mean, never a dull moment. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right, so I have to put a pitch in here. Thank you, thank you, first of all, for being on the show again. Um, you know, hopefully second time's a charm, you. but you know, there's always a third chance. Um, but I do want to say, please watch, please like, please subscribe, and please share. And if you have a guest that you think is a very interesting person, send them my way. I'd love to talk to them. So thank you again, Megan. Thank you so really much. It was an you. honor. Thanks for having me. I would love to come back. I can't awesome. wait for part two. Awesome. You'll you'll be back. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. See, See you later. later. Bye.